What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite chat. Today I'm going to be doing a video responding to and answering an article by Uproxx, U-P-R-O-X-X. -X. I will have the article linked down below. I uh, thought this would be an interesting thing. I have a Google alerts that's sent to my email for anything that's talking about Star Wars or right now Han Solo and this popped up and I was like I'll take this challenge. The article is titled, We Dare You to Explain Luke's Plan to Return Han in Return of the Jedi. Now, it goes on, I did read the beginning of it, but then I stopped because I thought, let's make this challenge legitimate. Let me have to answer it on the spot and not have to think about it as much but I do understand the context a little bit better I will preface that because I'm saying that I'm kind of doing it off of the top of the head and not fully trying to think it out but trying to make it a little interesting because at the beginning it's prefaced where I believe the article is written by Mark, Mike Ryan and says earlier this week I was hanging out with some local people at a New York City pub and they said started to ask a couple of friends and no one could answer what Luke's plan was. Now, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to this person because I have read a lot of the Uproxx articles at this point, and they seem to be a proponent of Empire Strikes Back, or I'm sorry, seem to be a proponent of The Last Jedi, and some of the issues that a lot of people might complain about, they tend to like, we'll just say certain concepts that are being inserted into the movies uh but as far as that goes the author did say empire strikes back is his favorite movie and favorite star wars movie so respect due where it is due but here's where he goes from he goes maybe fascinating but not in a good way it's a movie where a lot of character decisions are made that make almost no sense this is talking about Return of the Jedi, not The Last Jedi. I know that would probably be what most people would be thinking when you say character decisions that make no sense. It says now, so it kind of preface what happens with Empire Strikes Back. It says, the question is, if Luke's plan to rescue Han from Jabba had worked perfectly, what would that plan have been? Well, the easy answer is uh, exactly how it went. Uh, <laughs> I, that may seem odd. Here's, here's the thing that... Is exactly the reason why the last Jedi should not have followed immediately after the force awakens you have no time to build character and it seems odd but the ability to build character between time when done right can do huge things for your story now I agree return of the Jedi is the weakest of the original three the first act is almost completely just does it really fit with the rest of the movie? Like it structurally, it throws off the tone and the, the way the rest of the entire movie goes. Enjoy it. Still love it. It's my number three of the Star Wars movies. But I mean, you know, it, it's got more of its issues than the other, the two prior to it. But what it does absolutely brilliantly and <laughs> is the fact that Luke, it gives his character it completely changes his character from Empire. Now this only works because it's had a couple year period 
where nothing's gone on. So we ended Empire Strikes Back and he has his hand cut off. And the reason he got his hands cut off is because he rushed into danger out of no, like against the wishes of Yoda, against the wishes of Obi-Wan, even Leia trying to warn him. He ends up rushing in and runs into danger. Knowing that he was not prepared to handle the situation he was going into, even though he was probably going to be hurt, because his friends were in trouble, he rushed into danger. And how did that result? Terribly. Now we have a Luke that is not rushing into danger. He has considered how tactical and how smart and how powerful his opponent is. Jabba in this, special editions out because those weren't the original ones and specifically Jabba the Hutt being added in A New Hope really annoys me because it messes up the story. It repeats the same story point twice. It has no reason to be there other than George wanted to do CGI Hutt. And I know it was originally supposed to be in there, but they took it out. The story was better without it. Love you, George. That was a bad idea. So considering the original, Han's been running from this guy. Han, who's been dealing with the Empire fairly well, but has been hiding and on the run from Jabba for this is now the third movie. And this is someone that Darth Vader was willing to, you know, not just take Han in, but send him to Jabba Hutt. There's some respect there that we see. Boba Fett, this really talented, talented bounty hunter, is working for Jabba the Hutt. So Luke doesn't rush in. He takes his time. Even though his friend is in trouble, he's very careful in how he does it. And he doesn't act in the same way that he acts in Empire Strikes Back. What this does so brilliantly is we end Empire Strikes Back saying he has no shot in the next one. And then you open with Return of the Jedi and you see, wait a minute, the, the mistakes he made before, he's not making anymore. He's done something in this three-year gap. Now, that's where the imagination of the audience is added to great benefit, something that the original trilogy does so well. And then by the end of this first act, you say, hey, he's a whole new guy now. Wait a minute. This is something we can start to believe in. Maybe he's got a shot. Maybe we can buy into this character. He's got a plan. And, of course, because I know a lot of people are probably jumping on this, but uh, on one other thing, but as I said, I, I read a little bit of the beginning of their argument, and it's probably what a lot of y'all are yelling at the screen about, you're missing one whole part of... The key thing about Luke not showing up there right off the bat, I promise I will be getting to it. But let's go a little bit further. So the whole thing is, if Luke's plan to, to rescue Han from Jabba had worked perfectly, what would the plan have been? Now, as I just said, it would have been this. The problem is, is right now is something along the lines of The Last Jedi, where mistakes happen and it was it was never really planned for it was just screw up after screw up and you know it was which side was the last one to screw up because that meant the other side won like there's no tactical like thought there's no like true you know ingenuity or wit anything going on at all in the movie so i can understand someone that's just seen the last jedi looking back and be like hmm, i don't know it could it doesn't make any sense to me because i would you know anyone going into battle would immediately put their 
whole full force and all their hopes and dreams into the first thing they try. Because this is what this person suggests. And that was when I began to read that. I was like, eh, let me wait. So, seriously, no one could answer this question. Now they say, and this group wasn't Star Wars slouches either. This is my favorite part. Frequent Star Wars author Jason Fry was part of this group. Now, if you don't know who Jason Fry is, he is the one that's writing the Last Jedi novelization that is coming out in like a week. Uh, he also has written many visual dictionaries and largely for things like the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, calling him a, you know, a, a frequent Star Wars author is a, a bit of a leap. He's given a list and he writes it down. Um, but the the only real novel that he's written, and I'm, I may be wrong on this, but in the new canon for sure is Heir to the Jedi, which is a story about Luke between A New Hope and Empire. And now it has some small interesting moments, but for the most part, it is unbearable. <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. It was the worst novel I had read in the new canon up until... The, mo the books that came out for The Last Jedi, which ironically were the worst books I've read. Canto Bite is absolutely horrible. And The Legends of Luke Skywalker is one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. Like, I had to reread it a couple times to... I thought I messed up. Like, I thought I went on some acid trip and lost my mind, but turned out it was... It was as close to the movie as you could imagine. So that's the author, the frequent Star Wars author. Not quite, you know, Timothy Zahn or James Lucina. But anyways, so then it goes like So if it makes any <coughs> if it makes any sense. C3PO and R2D2. They are the first characters that show up at Java's Palace. R2D2 shows up. We know what happened, so I'm not gonna read it exactly as they say. But Luke Skywalker who states that he would like to bargain for Han and as a gesture of goodwill gives Jabba C-3PO and R2-D2 as gifts. So right now, right off the bat, C-3PO and R2-D2 are captured. This will be a trend this author complains about throughout the article. Or at least to the next one. <laughs> but, uh, which is where I stopped reading. But, so his complaint is, if this was the first plan, what, what if it... How would it have gone if it worked out? Because in his mind, you you this is your whole plan. You send your first idea. There's there is no secondary plan or no concept behind a fail safe or understanding your opponent, so that you can use his wit and his smarts against them, which is exactly what Luke's doing, because he puts C3PO and R2D2. And gives them to Jabba. Well, what happens at the end that gives Luke the tool that allows him to free himself and Han and Chewie and defeat everyone? The lightsaber. Where was that at? It was in R2-D2 the whole time? Seems like he planned that out. I don't know. So, <laughs> Maybe. Let's just maybe there's some thought there going on. Uh and this isn't just a postmodernist nihilistic kind of screw up failure. Um so yeah, I mean that was a plan from the beginning. 
the argument the author makes is that what if Jabba said yes? He goes, okay, deal. Here's, let me take these two droids and I'll give you Han. That's just idiotic to ever think that that would even happen. Even not knowing Jabba to the full extent that probably Luke knows past what we know at this point. We saw that Luke's uncle, almost said father, Luke's uncle bought C-3PO and R2-D2. We also know that he needed Luke to work on the farm. So for him to need him, that means he doesn't have much money. So why in the world would Jabba even consider taking those droids to be able to have a discussion with Luke Skywalker or discussion about Han? Like, that's, it's so meaningless. Going forward. So, you know, it says like, oh, what if it happens? He gets Han back and they're just like, oh, whoops, I misjudged Jabba. So now, now he's got C-3PO and R2-D2. Too bad. Like, this is the guy that hangs out with Jason Fry. That makes sense. <laughs> then the next one is Lando. Lando is already working as a skiff guard when Return of the Jedi opens. I've always wondered how this interview process would go on. Anyway. Bib Fortuna is who he interviews with. And he goes, so you want to be a new skiff guard? Yeah, I do. Bib, you look familiar. Nope, just a resident of Tatooine looking for a job. Bib, do you know the musical stylings of Max Rebo? I'm not going further. Well, yes. Well, you're hired. Head downstairs past the dungeon, the Rancor kit, and uniform and Helmore mask. Anyway, even though Lando is there, he really doesn't do much until later in the plan, except let us know he's there. Yeah. Uh, this whole, how would Lando get the job? No one in the galaxy, minus Leia and Chewie, knows that Lando has done anything to help the Rebellion. Han, even at the end of Empire, when he shows up, is not sure what Lando is going to do to him. It's even suggested Lando doesn't know if he's going to accept his apology or accept Han in there. That's why when he comes up, he's got guards behind him. And it isn't until he goes up and hugs that Lobot kind of nods to him and they all leave. Which suggests that Lando wasn't sure whether or not he was even going to be willing to take Han in at that point. Han didn't know. Chewie wasn't sure. Everyone knows there was this kind of issue that we're supposedly going to see in the Solo movie. See, it connects. This isn't just completely random. In the Solo movie. And they, now I'm thrown off. That something happens with the Millennium Falcon that they've got a beef. They've got an issue. <clears throat> and then Lando prior to this has been a relentless gambler, smuggler, underworld, kingpin type kind of suave guy. It would make perfect sense that he goes to Jabba and says, Hey man, you know how I was running Bespin? Did you hear what happened? Yeah, dude, the Empire just took that crap over, man. I told everybody, get out of there. I'm not a man that's going to live under the Empire. You know i got to live free. Can I get a job, man? Jabba. Yeah, sure. There you go. Someone give him a mask. Man, does it sound too crazy now, does it? Come on, man. Think through this crap. This is its too easy. It's just challenge. Oh, no one can answer it. Jason Fry, Star Wars author. Couldn't answer this. This is just, 
It's not even a challenge. Then he says Leia shows up, strolls in, hands over Chewbacca. So already you got three heroes have been captured. <clears throat> Later that night, Leia tries to unfreeze Han. The guy tries to go into some humor, discusses about how Jabba's planning the little trick, and he's hiding behind the curtains and can't wait to just jump out and say, Peek, oh, see... And so now everyone's captured. And then now, in what starts to feel like a repetitive SNL sketch, Luke Skywalker, the fifth hero to stand here before Jabba and start demanding the release of Solo and Chewbacca. What is Jabba thinking at this point? I can only guess this is a weird day. So at this point, Luke tries to use a Jedi mind trick on Jabba, to which Jabba responds, your mind tricks won't work on me. What was... Was this the plan, question mark? Did everyone get thrown off right here when that didn't work? Oh, crap. Well, now we're screwed. Luke just tells Jabba he can either profit or be destroyed. Anyway, the end result is Luke getting captured. Now everyone but Lando's captured. Okay. I know someone that's a fan of The Last Jedi is probably like, Yeah, lore, stupid. You know, understanding what's been taught, stupid. Teaching, stupid. Uh, it's just failures which you learn from, which he did learn from. Of course, he forgot that he learned stuff and later needed to be. But I'm not going to get on the last Jedi hate train right now. Luke is now a Jedi. He learned from rushing in and trying to attack that war makes one not great, said Yoda. I may have butchered the order of how he says it. I'm not Yoda, so I don't speak in the same way he does. War doesn't make one great. This is what Yoda taught him before. Luke might have kind of learned that a little bit. The Jedi is about peace. They try to keep the peace as if whenever possible. They're, they're peacekeepers. And this is the flaw that happened beforehand. These are the first steps that begin to happen that shows Luke is a true Jedi. Which is what leads to Darth Vader turning because all of the Jedis around him, especially Mace Windu, all became much more warriors than peacekeepers. And he began to not see the line between the Sith and the Jedi. But it becomes very clear at the end of this movie where that line is. And this is the first step again, that change you see, the character building off screen, done so well in this first act that the audience can understand and put together here's these changes that have happened well most people I thought apparently this is an unanswerable question but he has learned and now takes the path the Jedi would take which is let's try to solve this without issues because Luke knows if he shows up with just his lightsaber and his abilities that he now has with a few people snuck inside there. There's a lot of people there that have nothing to do with what's going on. An attack happens, he frees Han, but a lot of people can end up getting hurt, killed or injured, that ultimately could have been without that needing to happen. So being a great Jedi he is, and caring about people and not hiding away like a coward, he sends first the droids. Then he sends Leia to try to break out Han. He expects 
these things are going to fail, but if by chance he can get someone out with less harm done, could swing a deal, then there you go. That's the best case scenario. But in the scenario that he expects to happen, yes, everyone is captured, but they're also then going to be all placed together in one location, seeing Leia's plan of going and opening and getting Han out of the Carbonite. He is then placed in prison with Chewie. Then Luke, expecting to be captured as he did, would then be placed with them as well. Then a little robot, droid, sorry, droid, that he placed the lightsaber could then sneak his way on back there. No one pays attention to droids, and boom, Luke has a lightsaber. Now, would he be frisk? Of course he would. I believe he might have been. So see, this is a plan, a pretty good plan, actually. Is there a lot of things that could happen? Yes. But I would say, logically, all the steps that he had planned out make sense if you consider who Jabba is. And so then you put these all together and it's not stupid. It's fairly easy to explain. Why would Luke use the mind trick? Everything else failed. Here's my last shot. All right. Next, it's going to have to be fighting. So let me see if I can mind trick him. He can't, which is smart. Much better than what they did in The Phantom Menace where Watto couldn't be mind tricked. And the, the Gungan King could. Come on, George. But anyways, <clears throat> was this the plan? And so then he says, Jabba can either profit or be destroyed. So then Luke tries to pay him money. See, it's the Jedi trying to not defeat him. Luke knows he can beat him. Luke knows his plan, the other option, plan B, has all been placed kind of right where he wants it. He's not worried about destroying or taking Watch him as he's walking out on the skiff, ready to be pushed into the Sarlacc pit. Does this look like a guy like, ah, oh, crap, what, the, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This is completely not what I was planning. I did not have any idea. I was going to be right next to the, my friend and Chewie, who also a friend, so that we would have to be able to break out and we would all be right here next to each other, making the escape much, much easier. You could argue he didn't expect that Princess Leia would be chained next to Jabba in the situation. That'd be one that kind of detoured, which was turned into a very interesting storyline where female, strong female character, enslaved, put in chains into a bikini, objectified by a bad character, is then using those chains to choke out and kill that bad character. See, this is, you build great strong female leads by putting them in bad situations. It makes them look stronger and more powerful. It makes us connect. Yeah, we haven't been in a bikini next to a really fat blob slug character. Most of us haven't, at least. But we can connect to being put into a situation that's maybe out of our control that we don't want to be in. And the desire, longing, or even ability to break ourselves free from metaphorical chains... It makes sense. These are things not happening to the characters that we know now. 
But again, going off of topic, let's see what else he says here. Okay, so what's the plan? Seriously, like if you have a legitimate answer, I would like to know. All right, so I'm not, I think that's it. There's a lot more written, but they put, if you have an answer, I'd like to know. I mean, there you go. That That's your answer. You have a character that is showing his character development over a period of time that we did not see on screen. It's showing that he's learned not to rush in. He's learned to take his time. He's learned to develop a plan. A plan that makes pretty good sense. You immediately give him C-3PO and R2-D2 because R2-D2, he's the one with the lightsaber. It needs to seem more genuine. You don't want to, you know, send R2 in there chopper style, guns a-blazing, which if you don't watch Rebels, you don't get that reference, but it makes perfect sense. Hand them over. It's less to consider, think about, hand them over and say, let's talk about it. Of course he's not going to take it. But now you got your man on the inside. Lando, I explained, makes perfect sense. Lando's always been in the underworld. It would make more sense for Jabba to take him in than, I mean, that's just the most logical thing ever. <laughs> Dude, hey man, I just got this place. Everything was going great. And ah, I got kind of screwed over by Vader, man. He took over my place. Can I come work? Like I said earlier, makes perfect sense. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% perfect sense. And then, and you can even say he's a failsafe for all of them being in jail, and maybe R2 couldn't make it there. Lando's already in the inside. He can sneak over there, break them out. Plan C there. Then Leia comes in, frees Han. I'm sure Luke expected that she wouldn't be able to walk out with him. But guess what happens now? He's out of the carbonite. He's placed in jail. He probably thought that Leia was going to be placed in jail with him as well. This was probably something in his plan that he didn't quite fully see. But right now you have Chewie and Han together. Makes it much easier to break them out. Then Luke shows up, says, hey, free Han. Tries to do the mind trick. Does it work? Again, this is a Luke who's changed. It's no longer ready to go in and fight. No longer trying to solve his issues with weapons. See, this is a lesson he began to learn on Dagobah when he went to walk into the cave. And Yoda says, weapons you won't need. Well, look at him now. He showed up into the face of danger. Didn't bring weapons with him. He didn't need them. He's trying to be diplomatic. He's trying to solve these things peacefully. These are all incredible, beautiful character changes that you see that are so well done. You may not make understand them or catch them the first time, but as you rewatch them, you start to catch these little things. Like the fact that he walks into danger now and he didn't bring a weapon. Just like Yoda told him, you don't need to, you only bring yourself in there. And then the fact that he learned and progressed from the issues and mistakes he made on Bespin. The fact that Yoda told him that war doesn't make one great. That the Jedi are about peace. And so all of these things work in to show you this was Luke's plan all the way around. His quiet, calm confidence as he's on the skiff about to be pushed into the Sarlacc pit. And you see him kind of nodding. Lando pops up, gives a little nod. All of these showing that, hey, this, is, this was the plan. And the plan makes sense. Because as I said, he would expect 
uh, Jabba to not accept his offer, to probably throw him in jail. They would check him. He would have no lightsabers or anything like that. And then there's R2-D2 already put inside of there. That would then be able to get him the lightsaber. I'm sure he probably expected that he would free them out of the prison in one of the cells as he would have been placed in there with Han and Chewie. But he ended up being taken out to be pushed into the Sarlacc pit. But still yet again, he was with Han and Chewie right there. Easy, solve, problem, boom, go. The only issue came up is that Leia was taken and was right next to him. So that added to the, you know, intrigue of the scenario as it was going on. But one character that you're trying to break out that one time is much easier. And then he only had to hurt or kill people that were coming at him and attacking him with blasters. After he had given tons and tons of warning. Now, yes, at the end, as they're trying to survive, he does end up shooting down Jabba Skiff and the, the whole thing goes down. But. He gave them every single opportunity he could as a Jedi that believes in peace that when he's about to be struck by lightning and killed by the Emperor will toss his lightsaber away and say no because I'm a Jedi. That's the guy we see there. That's why his plan was perfect. That's why his plan was absolutely brilliantly told from a character building standpoint without that moment right there without all of this being taught you never really buy what happens in episode uh, at the end of the episode in the third act it shows that he is the true jedi that we failed to see in the prequels of course at this time you didn't see the prequels but now looking back you can see which leads to that being an example of why vader ends up seeing him how beautiful it was. Actually, I've, I've never even really connected this, but it's such a beautiful point. Anakin ends up turning to the dark side as Mace Windu is being struck by lightning with Emperor Palpatine. Now he's holding it with a lightsaber. But Mace says, no, we need to kill him. And Anakin's like, we don't do that. And then Mace goes to do it. Anakin steps in. Boom. That leads to turning to the dark side. Bravo, George. I've missed that. I'm not a big prequel guy, so I haven't studied it as much. I need to. I know. I know a lot of you guys love the prequels. I need to start getting on it a little bit more. I'm just too analytical. All of the little convoluted stuff that's added in there and some of the acting choices. and the. Anyway, it's not the point of the thing. That's brilliant. Bravo. I just thought of that. And then to later, him be standing there and see that Luke and the Emperor, the same scenario, but now he sees a distinct difference between the Jedi and the Sith. While Mace Windu says the exact same line that Palpatine had said to Anakin when he told him to kill Count Dooku. That he was too dangerous to be kept alive. Now we see that difference. Well, that whole thing happens because of what we see in Act 1. So it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I hope that answers your question, Mike, somebody. I can't remember your name. Again, that link to that article will be posted down below. I hope I answered it all. If I missed anything or you think I failed, comment it down below. Tell me I'm an idiot or add to the story or anything else that could be added to what I said here. I feel I accepted his challenge or dare and answered it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. What else could be added? I don't know what could be really argued 
over the top of that. It's, I've, it just seems so logical and easy to me. I don't say that in a bragging way. I just, it, I, I was surprised to hear that was something that someone would consider a shocking thing. So also let me know down below, is this something that you always thought was just a thing of screw ups and you didn't see the full, you know, expanse of what was really being done from a story point, storytelling and character building perspective in Act 1 of Return of the Jedi? I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. I look forward to talking to you down below. As always, uh, I post some videos up here. I always say that. When I say it, you'll see the videos. I'll post a link to my T Public page down below as well. And as always, thank you very much for watching. And never forget you, Nerf Herders. I love you.